Hi, brothers and sisters. Welcome to The Christian Touch. I'm Ariel Oborinsky, and my guest today is Jessica Smith. Jude 123 tells us to save people by snatching them out of the fire. Those who dabble in occult methods are in danger of spending eternity in the fires of hell. So it's vitally important to help people understand that yoga and Reiki can open people up to the satanic realm. Jessica is the author of The Shattering, where she tells her story as a yoga instructor and a Reiki practitioner. And I highly recommend her book. It's a real page turner. I'll put an Amazon link to the book below. So I'm going to provide a link to your testimony below also, but I want you to just give everybody a little introduction to who you are and share a bit of your testimony too. I uh, have a background in the new age. I was a master level Reiki practitioner. I spent time living at a Buddhist center in Berkeley. I uh, lived at an ashram in India, did my teacher training for yoga in India. My whole passion throughout my 20s really was spiritual depth and to, to learn and grow so that I could in turn help others. I grew up a Christian after high school, early college, a good friend of mine was killed in a motorcycle accident. And a relative of mine, unbeknownst to me, had psychic abilities. And I just had this overwhelming feeling to call this person. Again, I didn't know at the time that they had psychic abilities. I just felt like I needed to call them and ended up having this conversation with communicating with who I thought at the time was my newly deceased friend. They gave me information about my friend's accident that my relative would have had no way of knowing. I mean, just impossible details, which confirmed to me, this must be true. This must be the right path. And that experienced really slippery slope to me. I'd already been experiencing, you know, a rebellious heart and just, you know, started letting high school parties and popularity and things like that become more important to me. That experience really is what sent me on my trajectory down the new age path. And after that, I started viewing the Bible as less and less authoritative and more and more feelings and experiences. And you know, how I felt during this experience was just euphoric peace. Feelings became my new faith. Really, I had faith in my experiences and that kind of validated to me that I was on the right path. Fast forward a decade later, I would find out that all of those experiences, everything that felt like peace and felt like love, every experience I had in deep states of meditation and in yoga and my Reiki practice, all of those things I discovered in a very traumatic and eye-opening way was actually darkness disguised as light. It was actually exactly what the Bible said it was. And it just completely shattered my paradigm, shattered the way I viewed the world, shattered who I viewed God, everything. My whole life mm -hmm. turned upside down in the best possible way and led me back to my relationship with the true savior, with, uh, with Jesus Christ. And I've been falling hard after him ever since. And did you know that in the occult, it's so much experience based. And right now in, in churches, there's a big push to getting this experience with God, to practicing his presence and feeling his presence and developing intimacy with him. So you practiced yoga and you taught yoga. And I was just wondering what your opinion is on yoga poses if somebody does them when their physical therapist gives them for say back problems great question and if i could just back up real quick and comment on what you said because i think you touched on something really important that people are searching for that experience with god and there's nothing wrong with feeling peace from god there's nothing wrong with experiencing 
intimacy with the Lord. He wants us to experience intimacy with him. He wants us mm -hmm. to experience peace. But the real problem is that a lot of times people are going outside what the Bible is clearly setting up, what the Lord has set up as here, stay within these boundaries. This is how you'll reach me. This is how you'll reach yes. real levels of peace with me. This is what true peace is. This is what a true relationship with me looks like. And, mm -hmm. and people want these esoteric experiences. And by esoteric, I mean, these like, oh, I had this vision or smelled the smell or had this, you know, mm -hmm. euphoria sensation going through my body. These euphoric experiences that validate to them, like it did me, that they're on the right path. And those experiences, I want to be very, very clear, you guys, those experiences are ab absolutely demonic. They're absolutely mm -hmm. counterfeits from the demonic spiritual realm. And, if, mm -hmm. and we have got to be so careful that we seek the Lord within the confines of how, how he tells us to seek him in the Bible. That's why it's so important to read our Bible. It's so important to pray daily and to make sure that we check anything. If there's any spiritual practice, and well, this is a great segue for yoga and for your question right now, Ariel, you're asked, what about if your physical therapist suggests yoga? Great question, because a lot of times we tend to think, well, my doctor is suggesting it, my physical therapist is suggesting it, so certainly there can't be anything spiritual about it. Wrong. There is so much saturation of the new age just permeating our culture right now. It is insane. It's really paving the path for what's coming next. And the end times, there's so much prophecy being fulfilled. But I would really encourage everybody to follow prophecy because this plays right into it. And in Revelation, the Lord talks about how there will be so much deception. The dragon and the antichrist will be doing these signs and wonders and miracles and yoga and mindfulness meditation and Reiki. These are all setting the stage for that. Now, a lot of you might be thinking, oh, come on, like yoga is being suggested by my physical therapist. It can't be spiritual, right? Well, wrong. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys something that might surprise a lot of you, but there is no way to separate the spiritual out of yoga. The poses alone activate the spiritual realm. And a lot of times in our Western culture, we think, oh, well, if I don't intend for it to be spiritual, then it's not spiritual. I hear even a lot of pastors, even a lot of really wise, you know, on the radio answering biblical questions. I have to call and reach out and they have a lot of Bible knowledge, but understandably that a lot of times they don't have experience in this and in the new age. And the fact is that even gurus know this, you know, any, anybody who knows the reality of the spiritual realm of yoga and mindfulness meditation know that it activates the spiritual realm. There's a lot of cover up in today's society about it, but absolutely. It doesn't matter if your doctor tells you to do it. It doesn't matter if your talk show host tells you to do it. It doesn't matter if your pastor tells you to do it. Stay clear of yoga because it activates the spiritual realm. I don't I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Ouija board at all, but um, it's a parallel that I use to help people kind of wrap their minds around it. Because in our culture, we're so used to that. Well, if I don't intend it, like we were just talking about, if I don't intend it to be spiritual, then it's not. But that's not the way it works with these experiential spiritual practices. And these experiential spiritual practices like Reiki, yoga, mindfulness, meditation, the act is the invocation. So I was taught at Buddhist centers and my ashram and multiple traditions that it doesn't matter if you understand what you're doing or not, just doing it sets the spiritual realm into motion. There's a quote that's actually in my book by a very renowned yoga teacher who is hugely responsible for a, a lot of yoga in the Western culture in our gyms, same type of yoga in our gyms and 
lots of churches. And he says, you don't talk about the philosophy saying you don't have to talk about it. The 99% practice 1% philosophy. He says, that's why the asanas or the poses of yoga is so important. You just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And slowly the spiritual will start opening up inside of you. And he's not the only one saying this. There was this totally secular study published a journal of health psychology that looked at why people do yoga. It looked at why people start it and why they continue doing it. And that the findings are super fascinating, Ariel, because what it found is people start yoga mostly for the purpose of stress relief, for mm -hmm. exercise, Yes. not for spiritual reasons. However, now this is really telling, they keep doing it for spiritual purposes. They find that people change their purpose of doing it. Now, why is that important? It's important because you don't find that with swimming. You don't find it with running or walking right. or any other non-spiritual activity. You find it with yoga because it sets the spiritual into motion. There's also, there's been tons of academic studies on this. Dr. Candy Gunther Brown is a professor at Indiana University. She is super, super intelligent lady, has her doctorate from Harvard, did all her undergrad at Harvard. Really, really wise, has studied this extensively. She just recently published a book called Debating Yoga and Mindfulness in Public Schools. And it uncovers just the stealth tactics of some specific organizations and very highly influential people who since the seventies have been very, with a very clear plan, trying to present yoga and mindfulness meditation, wrap it in this pseudoscience and present it as science instead of spiritual, all the while knowing that it's a spiritual practice, knowing that it's a way, they call it stealth Buddhism for the mindfulness meditation. Um, Hinduism calls it a Vedic victory when they can get yoga into schools. You guys, we've got to open our eyes Ugh. and see the reality of what's going on here. It's completely spiritual to the core. And the Bible's mm -hmm. very, very clear about it. And a lot of people might say, well, yoga is not in the Bible. Like, come on. Actually, it is. And the way that it is in the Bible, uh, a lot of people don't know this. There's, a, there's doctrine with yoga called the Yoga Sutras. And it explains exactly what is going on within yoga practice. And you know what it reads as? An outline for sorcery. So mm -hmm. we can take a look at yoga and we can take a look at it and, and see as Christians, okay, is this in alignment with the Bible? Is this something that is a safe thing for me to do? Always taking it back to the Bible. What does God say about it? Who cares about everybody else? Who cares what I say about it? What I say is irrelevant. What God says is what's important. So if you're interested in this, which I highly recommend you to be, um, if you know anybody doing yoga, if you're interested at all in yoga, if you're doing yoga, go to my website. It's truthbehindyoga.com. I have a lot of information there about, you know, what do the yoga sutras say and what does the Bible say? Yoga sutras, Bible, completely antithetical. Here's a yoga sutra scripture. Here's a biblical scripture. And a lot of people, again, think, well, I can separate that out. I don't do that kind. You, you can't separate that part out. It's the same way as I alluded to the Ouija board earlier. It's the same exact thing. The Ouija board, for those of your listeners who may not be familiar with it, presented as a toy, presented as harmless, presented as just something fun for the family to do. It's a package by Milton Bradley. It has a game board with just letters on it and then a little plastic piece that the participant or the practitioner places their hands on. And the hands get placed on the board and then a question is asked. That action is the invocation. Now, it doesn't matter if you believe it. 
It doesn't matter if you think this is not spiritual, if this is just a silly game, same thing with yoga. It doesn't matter if you think, oh, this is just exercise. You put your hands there, it activates the spiritual realm. Same thing, you do those poses, it activates the spiritual realm because this is an ancient tradition that's a movement meditation. Most poses, because there's been a lot of changes and people doing their own adding things, most yoga poses are invocations, paying homage to, prayers to specific gods that then invoke that god, like the sun salutation. It's one of the main primary sequences of yoga all over the place. In elementary schools, this is being taught. The sun salutation, it, it is an invocation to the sun god. And a lot of people might say, you're just being crazy Christian. It's not really that. It is that. We even have mm -hmm. articles from contributors to the website of these nonprofit organizations trying to push this stuff into schools. We have a quote in Handing Out the Realms book, this debating mindfulness and yoga. One of the contributors of the nonprofit website for kids getting it into schools even says, yes, this is good for building strength, but the primary reason is to worship the sun god. It's to pay homage wow. to and respect the, the sun god. I highly encourage anybody to get that book. I mean, it's like this thick just full of academic research that has been fact-checked repeatedly. You read it and you're just like, are you kidding me? Because it's insane, like the, the documented cover-up of the reality of what this stuff is. I noticed okay. that when you speak the name of the Lord, it's like as if you're calling on his presence. And when people speak the name of their deities, or like when they say the word Om, that's like an invocation toward yes. that God. And so in the yeah. same way, when you're doing a pose, it's like you're calling forth that particular entity. Absolutely. You're exactly right, Ariel. There are different ways to invoke spirits. One of them is chanting. Yes, Om is a point in case. Oftentimes in yoga classes, as a yoga teacher, at first we didn't really introduce chanting at gyms, you know, again, you, you want to like make it palatable for everybody. And then the more they practice, then you slowly start introducing the chanting. Oftentimes in these classes, people are told, oh, the, the chants are just sound vibrations to help you deepen your practice. Lie. They are not just sound vibrations. Every single tone and letter combination is an invocation to a very specific deity. The Yoga Sutras specifically cite Om and they name the God that it invoked. And it doesn't matter what people tell you. You're not understanding what you're doing does not make you safe from the spiritual effects of it. Your act is the invocation and chanting that is an invocation. You're exactly right to that deity. I was taught when I wanted to become a receiver of the spiritual realm, when I wanted to learn how I could communicate with spirits, how I could, you know, do what my relative did for me. I thought I was helping like most people in this space are. They think that they're helping. They think they're on the right path of love and light. But it is such a demonic lie. There's a lot of different ways of communicating with the spiritual realm. But I was taught that the number one thing that I had to develop was meditation. Mindfulness meditation practices. The same exact mindfulness techniques that are being taught in our public schools all over this country right now. The same thing that your doctors are telling you to do for stress relief. It starts, it seems harmless. For example... Just focus on your breath. Take a deep breath. Exhale. Now, there's nothing wrong with breathing. The Lord gave us breathing. We need to do it to survive. There's nothing wrong with taking deep breaths. Mm -hmm. 
but where the red flags should go up is focus on one thing and let go of your other thoughts. Focus on the breath and don't think about anything else. That's where the red flags should come because those are the beginning steps to the path of opening oneself to the spiritual realm. And paths take you somewhere. Paths don't just keep you there. If you start these seemingly harmless yoga paths, seemingly harmless mindfulness meditation paths, it is going to take you places. I can't tell you how many emails I get from people whose ex-spouse just, you know, used to be a solid Christian, started taking yoga, they were uneasy about it, then, you know, they were uneasy about their spouse getting involved with it, but they didn't really know how to communicate that. And so their spouse got deeper and deeper into it. Next thing you know, they wanted to take teacher training. Next thing you know, we're getting a divorce and I have no idea what happened. It sounds to a lot of you, I'm sure, as like, oh, come on. I tell you what, this is a path that leads away from Jesus. It is demonic to the core. And that's how Satan works. He wraps things in love and in light and in feelings and feeling yes. good. And, and it's, it's all a complete deception because how many of us would be derailed if there was a big red flashing sign that said, you know, commune with demons this way, wreck your marriage this way. We wouldn't do it. So Satan packages it in a trendy health club, body obsessed culture. Oh, look how cute these yoga clothes are and how trendy it is. He knows exactly what he's doing. You guys, we can't fall for it. We've got to mm -hmm. educate ourselves and help educate others. We've got to take steps to make sure this isn't in our schools and make sure that your family and your pastor and your friends are educated on this. I was going to mention that um, when I was talking to my pastor about one of our books that teaches centering prayer, where you focus either on your breath or on a prayer word or mantra, he said, well, the book doesn't say that it's teaching us anything demonic. <laughs> and I thought, you know, the devil doesn't come right out. He, he poses as an angel of light. I don't even know what to say to that. Like, of course he doesn't say that in right. the book. Yeah, the enemy is a deceiver. He poses as an angel of light. Of course, then his servants, the Bible says, will appear as servants of righteousness. We've got to know our Bible and we've got to look to the Lord's instructions for how he wants us to pray to him. There's so yes. much deception out there. It will derail you. It's not just fun and games. It's not just harmless. Do every choice that we make affects things. It affects our lives. It affects those around us. If we choose to take steps outside of biblical method of seeking the Lord, it's the same exact thing that we got Eve in the garden, right? Like, Oh, we mm -hmm. know a better way. We know a way that can bring us to deeper levels with God. It's this same trap over and over again, repackaged mm -hmm. for our culture. Centering prayer? No. Uh -uh. There's anything that has to do with, think about a word or a phrase, or even if it's Jesus, it sounds so nice. When I lived at the Buddhist center, I was taught that I could plug in the word Jesus or an image in my head of what I thought Jesus yeah. looked like, either one, and plug it into my Buddhist meditation. It's all demonic. It's, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what word you use. It is, it's that mindfulness meditation. It's the very beginning steps to opening yourself to the demonic spiritual realm. This is in churches all over the place. We've got to yeah. educate ourselves on this. I believe it's all set to get us into mind control so that the enemy has power to influence 
our minds and, and he's trying to get into our children's minds to get control over everybody's minds for the great end time deception. Exactly. And if he can do that, if he can get us accepting mindfulness meditation and turning to yoga, then he has us because it's normalized the pagan spiritual realm. Then it makes it more palatable for us to chew up and accept the next load of lies that he has. And furthermore, it's operating to separate us from Jesus. Because, yeah. And there's scientific studies that show this, that show that the more somebody practices, there's, there's a ton of evidence that shows the more people practice these practices that have spiritual foundations, the more they start to embrace the ideas underneath them, whether they intend to or not, because the spiritual realm is activated and it's a slow, slippery slope. That's why people don't recognize it because again, it feels like love and peace. And so they don't associate the fact that their world is falling apart. They don't associate the fact that they're just not quite as interested in getting up and spending that time with the Lord. They're just not quite as interested in going to church anymore or their, you know, their children have started doing it. They're, they're just not quite as into things of the Lord as they used to be, or maybe they're starting to experience a little anxiety, just a little bit of depression. They're not associating it. Maybe their marriage is starting to fall apart a little bit. Maybe there's some health issues that have started to arise and there's no association between the practices causing these effects because of the feelings that they get at the end of the practice. It's the same thing with drug, with alcohol. You want to say that the way that you feel should validate if something's from God or not, tell that to the heroin addict. You know, it feels really good, but it leads to destruction. It's the same thing with these feelings, these esoteric feelings of like peace at, at Savasana and the the resting period at the end of yoga. Of course it feels good at the end because you just exercise. Just get up and move. Just don't do it within the context of yoga is what I would encourage anybody. Like if you're feeling anxiety or stress, get up a little early and spend some time with the Lord. That's how we're going to experience true peace. Not these false experiences of peace that Satan's getting you guys, you know, derailed with, but true peace that is going to bring life, that is going to bring true depth to your relationship with the Lord that's going to heal your relationships, that's going to bring clarity. And throughout your day, think about the Bible, the difference between biblical meditation and this esoteric type of meditation is thought. And you know, the word meditate is throughout the Bible all over the place. And there's an exhaustive word study that I did on this on my website that you can access if you're interested in this, which I highly recommend the Strong's Concordance study that I looked at every single time the word meditates in the Bible, because I wanted to show people the difference of what the Bible says. The Bible's definition is to completely focus on the meaning of something, not on the word, not on the image, but on the meaning of it and to think about it throughout the day. The difference is so that when you spend that time with the Lord in the morning and you think about the verse that you read about, and then later in the day, you think about it some more and you pray and you ask the Lord for clarity on it. You ask him to apply it to your life. You think about it when a stressful situation comes up, you think about that verse that's helping 
walk you through which direction you should go. That's mm -hmm. biblical meditation. So that I would just really encourage people to really just educate yourselves on that. Yes, for sure. So then I'd just like to change the direction because I'm a little familiar with Reiki, but you were a Reiki practitioner. And are there three degrees in that? There are. Yeah. Level one, level okay. two, and master level Reiki. I was a master level Reiki practitioner. And that's a great segue, Ariel, because it's the same thing. And Man, is Reiki just completely being presented as something that it is not. Reiki is mm -hmm. completely 100% a spiritual practice. As Christians, we, we know that there's two sides of spiritual. There's the demonic spiritual and there's the Lord spiritual. And mm -hmm. if, if something doesn't line up with the Lord spiritual, the only other option is it's demonic, period. So what we can do, Ariel, with Reiki is really easily, I can tell you what Reiki is, but I know that a lot of times it's our natural inclination to say, oh, that was just her experience with it. No, it is not just my experience with it. It is what Reiki is. And I'll just point you to Reiki.org. A lot of this has been washed from their website since I started doing interviews on this. I'm not saying it's because I started doing interviews, but it is a coincidence. You can go to archived versions of the website for all of this information, there's a, a huge movement across the board with Reiki and yoga and mindfulness meditation, by the way, older versions of websites that tell the actual spiritual reality of things. Now whitewashing all of that and trying to remove those elements to wow. try to present them non-spiritual. There's all sorts of websites that archive websites. Go look at the same website from five years ago and it'll tell you something completely different. I'm just gonna tell you guys what Reiki.org says because this is what Reiki is okay so what is the energy of reiki because i had somebody even come up to me at a women's retreat where i was speaking come up to me afterwards and say oh well i i do reiki i thought it was just all physical energy it is not physical energy they don't even claim that it's physical energy it is spiritual energy and we'll talk a little bit more about why that's dangerous in a minute just to clarify that this is not just my opinion that it's a spiritual energy so it says reiki can be defined as a non-physical healing energy made up of life force energy that is guided by the higher intelligence or spiritually guided life force energy. So they're calling it life force energy. It's just any time in the spiritual realm, when you're talking about spiritual energies, you can just plug in spirit. Like a spiritual energy is a spirit being channeled. So it's a spiritually guided spirit being guided in the spiritual realm. Let's see what else Reiki is about. And then we'll see if it lines up with scripture or not. I'm quoting here from Reiki.org. Ray is also called God and has many other names depending on the culture that has named it. Now, a lot of you might be tempted to say, okay, so it's God. They're just calling God by a different name. That's a pagan God. God is not Ray. And there are a lot of pagan names for God. This is not the God of the Bible. And how do we know that? The way that you receive Reiki in a training is through what's called attunements. And the Reiki master lays their hands on you and passes the spiritual energy from their hands into your body. And then mm -hmm. you have received the spiritual energy, this spirit, if you will, mm -hmm. that now you then the ability to practice this. I'm reading up from Reiki.org. Stay with me, you guys, because this is really, really, really powerful stuff. The Reiki attunement is a powerful spiritual experience. There's nothing non-spiritual about this. The attunement energies are channeled into the student through the Reiki master. That should be the first red flag to you. The Reiki energies, the Reiki spirit is channeled into the student through the Reiki master. The process is guided by the Ray or God consciousness. Okay. 
the God of the Bible is not a God consciousness. And that spend a lot of time on that and makes adjustments in the process, depending on the needs of the student. The attunement is also attended by Reiki guides. The attunement is also attended by other spirit guides and other spiritual beings who help implement the process. So these attunements that are said to be okay for Christians, which even on this website, there's a section that I saw that you could click on that says how to talk to Christians about this because <sighs> it's presented as like, no, anybody, anybody can do this. Christians can do this. It's not a religion. It can't harm. It can only help. I get that they feel that way because it's exactly how I used to feel because it feels like love and light. And let me tell you, this, it's a very real spiritual process. Like real stuff does happen. And whether things actually are healed or if it's just a pseudo healing for a period of time in order to trick people into thinking that it's really from God, I can't tell you that. But I can tell you that real results do happen from this. Like Satan has been given a, an amount of power. There's results that happen in shamans, in, within Reiki, within psychic healers that people will be like, oh, this is the only thing that helped my back. Yeah, because mm. Satan doesn't care about your back. He cares about your soul. And this is yeah. going to ultimately separate you and lead you to a path of death for eternity, not yeah. just for a little bit. Let's keep going. Communicating with other spirits is strictly forbidden in the Bible. So even if that was all we knew, we could know just from that, that this is not in alignment with Christianity. And again, this isn't on the website anymore, but go to the past version of it. This is the truth of what it is. Very sneaky how a lot of these different websites are removing these elements from their website. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make it harder and harder for Christians to find true information. I'm reading back on Reiki.org. The attunement can also increase psychic sensitivity. Students often report experience involving opening of the third eye, increased intuitive awareness, and other psychic abilities after receiving a Reiki attunement. There are so many verses throughout the Old and New Testament. On my website, there are a plethora of them, and that's just a tiny sampling of the verses on the bi in the Bible, strictly forbidding psychic abilities. Leviticus 20.26, 20, for example, do not practice divination or sorcery. Divination divining spirit. Do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists for you'll be defiled by them. Levit Leviticus 19.31. That's just a couple. But that, that would be, even if that was it, that would be all we need. But it's mm -hmm. not. There's a plethora of them. Just from that alone, we can tell this is clearly not the God of the Bible. Because if Ray was a different translation for the Lord of the Bible, which you have to be really careful with that, because a lot of times, again, you're only going to be presented with what looks like it's in with in alignment with the Bible when mm -hmm. underneath there's a whole slew of stuff like, oh, actually that God consciousness thing that they want to say that anybody can plug their religion into. No, we as Christians cannot. And that's really convenient for them to be able to say that because then they get more people drawing into the practice and they know that once people do the practice, it starts opening inside of them. It is completely antithetical to Christianity, you guys. And I'm saying this in the most loving possible way because I care about you guys and the Lord cares about you way, way, way even more. And this is a practice that is separating people from him. It is a practice that is leading people to death. And it is a practice that feels warm and fuzzy. As an ex-Reiki master, I can tell you that every single time I gave or received Reiki or did an attunement. It was just this euphoric feeling of just peace and love and 
there was never any red flag that this was demonic. Long story short, I had a real eye-opening experience with the reality of the Reiki demonic spirit uh, in a very real way about 10 years ago. The Reiki is, is a really, really deceptive practice because it feels like love and light and there are very real results and people think, oh, well, it's gotta be from God because it's healing. It does not like look into the Bible look, look into Revelation, look into the Old Testament, look in when the sorcerers and the magicians came and they were copying Moses's signs, convincing the Pharaoh that, oh, this is not really from God. Again, Satan has been given a limited amount of powers and, mm -hmm. and this is one of them. And the ability to, to manipulate these sensations, the yoga sutras actually say that the, these abilities, these abilities that are completely contradictory to the Bible, that the Bible tells us are demonic abilities, can be increased by drugs. When people take drugs, they have those feelings of euphoria by yoga and by mantra practice, by meditation, completely demonic to the core. So you did actually experience the demonic realm. Was there a time where you felt like maybe spirits entered you or was that just the, all the loving feeling and the euphoria so that you wouldn't have known. There was never a time that I had a red flag. Like, ooh, that felt like a negative energy to me. Never. I, I always was taught by very respected teachers what's considered the right way to put up protection, which is a total deception in and of itself. You <laughs> feel like, like you're putting up a protection so the dark energies can't get to you when in reality, all of those that are presenting themselves as love and light are actually dark energies being masked as light. There were a lot of times that I would work with a certain spirit guide. I'd work with certain energies, different healing energies, different things for different purposes. But I never had an experience where I was like, oh, now I have this spirit living inside me. And it was always only mm -hmm. just feelings of peace, like the deeper within my practices, within my meditations and yoga and Reiki, the deeper I would go, the deeper these euphoric and esoteric experiences became. The esoteric experiences, of course, always resulting in feelings of, of love and peace. And like, how many spirits did you feel like you were delivered from? So many that I'm not even sure the exact. I mean, there are so many things that I worked with. And usually I hesitate to, to talk about that part without giving my whole testimony, just because it sounds so off the wall in our mm -hmm. culture, because we don't talk about stuff like that. Whereas in other cultures, it's just normal. It's just common knowledge. Because they're practicing, you know, the, the different types of Eastern meditation. And so right. they are dealing with demonic possession and they're seeing it on a regular basis. Whereas here, we just don't see that a lot. And I think the problem is that we don't actually see it a lot and we're, or we're not aware of it when somebody actually has an evil spirit, they don't even know it and it's not right. being talked about. So I think that, you know, it's kind of a service to help people see that it actually does happen from doing yoga or from having Reiki done on you or from practicing Reiki yourself. Absolutely. You know, it creeps people out to talk about it. It's not fun, but it is a reality. And that's Satan's tool, right? And our culture is, that's how he's presenting it as like, oh, that stuff's not real. I've even heard that from pastors, like, oh, that stuff, there's nothing that like a psychic can actually do. It's like, yeah, actually there's a lot that happens. And so then when people experience it, it, it catches them because they think, oh, they actually do have, like, how could they have known that? Like it got me. Yeah, and if we just go back to the word of God, you guys, 
the Bible talks about this. The word of God didn't stop being true just because it's 2020. It's just as real now as it was when Jesus walked the earth. And Jesus Amen. cast out demons. Stuff is real. And mm -hmm. we, it doesn't matter if we stick our head in the sand about it or not. My story, in a nutshell, the Lord really worked on me. Thank the Lord. Thank Jesus. I had a mom who prayed for me continually. A God-fearing, Jesus-loving mom who continued to relentlessly pray for me. Jesus, show her truth. And he did. And I decided I wanted to start working with Jesus. And I put everything else aside. Then I started reading the Bible and I stopped doing yoga, stopped doing meditation, everything. I just decided I'm going to seek Jesus's path and just Jesus's path for a while. And it was a month before the Lord opened the veil and revealed truth to me. Because for that, for that month that I was seeking Jesus's path, I was reading about a chapter a day in the Bible. I was praying only to him and trying to follow what I knew of the Bible. I wasn't doing yoga. I wasn't doing meditation, wasn't practicing Reiki. I was only reading the Bible and praying to Jesus. And after about a month, um, just when I finished the book of Luke, I was just sitting at the kitchen table and I write about the, all the details of this. This is a really long story that I'm in a really nutshell version, which I, I hesitate to do because there's so much background that you really kind of need to know in order to really like understand exactly what happened. But since it's brought up, I feel like I should give a little bit of information. You know, I was just sitting at the kitchen table and out of nowhere, this just evil and terror and hate and rage and everything terrifying and full of hate that I could possibly describe in words, turn the dial all the way up in the intensity level of that. And it was like a ball, just like and the pit of my stomach began to rise up and out. One of the things that named themselves coming out was Reiki, which is not surprising. Knowing what we know about Reiki, um, my hands outreached in front of me. I felt an energy come out the palms of my hands and my body lifted, lifted up and an energy released through my mouth and the word Reiki flashed. And that was just one. It was a really hard thing for me to talk about at first. It was something that I wanted to bury and pretend like it never, ever happened. And the Lord really did a work in my heart. Just like, that's not okay. Not telling people the reality. This stuff is real and it's demonic. Jesus wants life for you. He wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want you ensnared with this stuff. He wants you to get up in the morning and spend time praying to him. He wants you to seek him in the scriptures. Just read some of his word. Ask him to give you clarity on it. If you're new to all of this, start in one of the gospels. The gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the stories of Jesus, of, of his life. And just start there and just say to Jesus, Jesus, like, I want to follow you. Show me how. And commit to not doing anything outside of what the Bible teaches. If there's something that raises a little like in you, like if, even if it's a Bible study, at your church where they're doing contemplative prayer or some sort of that just raises anything in you, you stop and you take it to the Lord and say, Jesus, please give me wisdom in this and look mm -hmm. into it for yourself because that check in your spirit is there for a reason. And the more we ignore those checks in our spirit, the more they'll go away, the more we sear our conscience. It's exactly what I did in my teens, how I started this whole slippery slope to begin with. But I would just encourage you to just spend time with Jesus because that's where you're going to find real peace. That's where your anxiety is going to go away from spending the time with the Lord, not from doing yoga, not from doing meditation. There's actually a lot of studies that show that no matter what 
sort of studies you're seeing published in the magazines and the organizations that are trying to get it into schools, there are a lot of studies that actually show that those practices increase anxiety, increase mm -hmm. a lot of gnarly side effects. And that's for another whole video. But I have people that inquire of me, like, how do I get delivered? And, you know, we have a lot of pastors who don't even really realize that they're are evil spirits. And so what would you recommend people who may feel like they've done yoga and they, they wonder or they worry and they want deliverance? That's a great question. And it's a tough one to answer because every case is so different. It's like somebody can do drugs and be seemingly fine afterwards. And another person can do it and have their brain messed up the rest of their life. I can't tell you exactly the moment that a spirit is going to come in and wreak havoc either within or outside of yourself, attaching itself to you. If you've been involved in, in these practices, take it to the Lord. Repent from it first and foremost. Jesus, I'm sorry. I didn't know, or even I had that check in my spirit and I did it anyway. And I'm so sorry. Thank you for showing me the truth about this. I don't ever want to do it again. If there's anything in me or outside of me that's attached from me doing this, Lord, in your name, Jesus, I plead your blood over me. I hate the blood of Jesus, like, because that mm -hmm. is where the power is, right? Jesus conquered Satan and he conquered death by his blood on the cross. So plead his blood over yourself and say, Jesus, I plead your blood over me. And in your name, I ask you to cast far, far away from me anything that I have invited that is not on your side, Jesus. Anything demonic that I have invited in Jesus' name, I ask you, Jesus, to just cast it far, far away in your name and never to return. And I would make darn sure when you do that, that you have truly repented and that you're not going back to those things though. Because if you pray a prayer like that and then you continue to engage in those practices, you better watch out. <laughs> because mm -hmm. the Bible says your house being swept clean for more to come back. You're welcome to reach out to my website if you're still experiencing things or you're questioning, is this a result of you know, demonic activity in my life, we will do our best to get back to you. Check your life, you know, um, repent. And is there, have you had an increase in anxiety and depression? Are there any weird, you know, illnesses, problems with your kiddos? Start looking at things through a different lens, through a lens of, oh, that could have possibly opened me to something. Yeah. And then just take it to the Lord. You know, the Lord doesn't give us a spirit of fear the spirit of a sound mind of power and of, you know, of his peace. Fear is not from the Lord. And you, if you belong to Jesus, which I would make sure that you do before you pray a prayer like that, you really need to surrender to completely to Jesus and tell him, you know, if you haven't, if you've never done that, he is the only way to be saved from this stuff. Truly it is his blood. That is why he died on the cross. And that that struck after the, you know, the stuff started coming up and out of me. And I believe the Lord allowed me to experience it like that because I never would have believed it in a million years had I not experienced it. And I believe the Lord allowed me to experience it like that so that I understood why he died on the cross. It let me see things in a whole new way. Like, oh, now I get it. You died on the cross to save me, not just from this stuff, but for eternity to save me from being consumed by this and this life and be consumed by this evil and darkness forever. And he is the only way to spend forever in heaven with him. So the, it's really easy. All you do is you just tell him, I love you, Jesus. I'm sorry. You repent. You turn from the ways that you were before and you 
ask him into your heart. You know, Jesus, will you just come in and, and live with me? I want to follow you. I'm sorry for everything I did. Show me the right way. I'm not going to do those things anymore. I'm going to follow you. And it's, it really truly is as simple as that. And then just choosing to follow him daily, mm-hmm. choosing to pray mm-hmm. only him, choose your Bible. Um, but yeah, as far as um, if you think you have anything from doing these practices, you can contact us on our on my website. So I will, I'll put a link to your website also so that people can find you pretty easily. So I just want to really want to thank you for your time. That was great advice. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to share with your audience. Ariel is an honor to be here with you. And thank you for your work that you're doing to spell the darkness and to open people's eyes and to point people to Christ. I would encourage everyone to please check out Jessica's website, truthbehindyoga.com and to purchase her book, The Shattering, today. My next video will be about how contemplative spirituality and progressive Christianity are getting in through the back door of many previously solid churches, including my own. These lead people to practice methods of sorcery and lead them away from the essential doctrines of Christianity. I'll be sharing how my own meeting with my pastor went when I explained the dangers of these spiritual deceptions in Peter Scazzaro's small group study, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Please subscribe and click the bell below to be notified when my next video comes out. I encourage you to share this message with your pastors, friends, and family on your social feeds and in your discernment group so we can get the word out together. Thank you.